I am here to just ramble about random things. I have two different things that I wanted to talk about because they're annoying me. So (laughs) if you feel catharsis listening to somebody rant about things that annoy them that don't have any like serious circumstance really on your life, then this is the episode for you. (laughs) So, um, the number one thing I wanted to rant about again is Steve Rogers and the MCU. And specifically, I want to (laughs) rant about the people who still think that his ending was a good ending. (laughs) Um, this is because of, so there was a video on TikTok made by a very popular, um, creator who has, like, millions of followers, um, who basically does, like, kind of media critique analysis things. I don't like this person, honestly. Like, I stopped following them a while ago. Um, they made a video once that was kind of in the same vein where, like, just, they, (laughs) what I'm trying to say here is, This person basically made this video where they were comparing how people reacted to Thor in the new trailer for Thor being able to, like, retire and go off and not have to, like, fight anymore and that, like, the version of and Jane Foster becoming Thor and um, Valkyrie and stuff can take over for him. And he was comparing how people were, like, happy that he was doing that to like people being upset about Steve's ending of him going back in time and he was trying to say like why are the same people who didn't like Steve's ending okay with this and it was it was a very um it's very obtuse argument to make because nobody was sitting there like foaming at the mouth (laughs) at the idea of Steve retiring that's like framing it that way so that you can like make a point that sounds interesting or I honestly don't know if the person who made that video legitimately thinks that that's what people were upset about about Steve's ending or if they were like kind of doing the thing that a lot of guys can do where they like misconstrue the point so that they can find a way for them to be right (laughs) instead of like admitting like, hey, maybe these people have a point about this. (laughs) But either way, that's the video that they made, and, like, the amount of stitches I saw was, like, astronomical, which is why I even saw this video in the first place, because so many people (laughs) whose videos I like watching, even people who usually don't even talk about Marvel, um, were stitching it to be like, uh, you could not be more wrong if you tried, so this is a really weird take to post and talk about. This is weird. Um... Yeah, so I wanted to talk about that because that was very annoying um, to see somebody get, like, so far off the mark that you're almost, like, not even on the map anymore. Um, Because just in case people forgot, I don't know necessarily, like, 2018 to 2019, that was so long ago. Um, And even though I was, like, outrageously depressed and, like could barely sleep and everything, I still remember that the main, like, theory that, like, the fandom at large was talking about when it came to Steve 
during end the movie Endgame, like when we were all speculating to death about what we thought was going to happen, um, most people just assumed or was like hope we are hoping that he was going to retire. The main thing that most of us were scared we are terrified of was that he would die. Like we were really scared that he was going to like die to protect everybody, um and wouldn't be able to retire. That was like my number one fear going into that movie was like I've talked about this before, but it's been a while since I've talked about Marvel anything and so I'll just repeat it, but like whenever like big movie franchises like this have like kind of their big ending movie, um I I don't really go in with any real expectations because I feel like that's setting yourself up for disappointment. Like a lot of like what I call fanboys, the ones that think because they read the comics or whatever when they were young that they now know more than other people even though like they don't because the Marvel movies aren't direct like screen adaptations in that way like they adapt it they change it for like the screen which I'm glad about it would be really fucking boring if they told the exact same story that was in the comics um but anyway uh a lot of them tend to have, like, theories, and I think that that's their way of kind of trying to show that they're, like, superior than everyone, (laughs) honestly, um, is to come up with these theories and for them to be, like, right about what is going to happen in those movies. So, I've seen this in, like, every kind of big franchise that I've been a part of like it happened in Marvel it happened in Star Wars those are the main ones that I can think of right now where I saw where I I saw like this kind of play out Game of Thrones had that happen too I think and everyone was really like across the board at least with Game of Thrones everyone was just so angry about that show um but yeah like with Marvel and everything I feel like a lot of people go into those movies, like, the fanboys can sometimes go in with, like, this list of, like, I'm gonna see this and this and this and this and, and it's, like, they never come out of anything enjoying it, really, because they go in with such, like, specific expectations, instead of just enjoying it for what it is, that they can never really be satisfied with it, you know? So, like, I don't do that, um, but I tend to have, like, kind of, like, a worst-case scenario, that I'm like, I don't, I really, really don't want this to happen, and as long as that doesn't happen, then I'm good, um, and, like, the worst case scenario I had for Endgame was that Bucky would be alone, (laughs) the one thing I didn't want was I didn't want Bucky and Steve to be separated again, they had been, like, there had been all of these big machinations, like, all these, like, terrorist organizations basically doing all of these things that like forced that forced the two of them apart when they didn't want to be and like it doesn't even I feel like I always have to qualify this but like I don't even need Bucky and Steve to be romantic like I'm ace like their like relationship is basically like a queer platonic relationship like in the MCU anyway and it's pretty much like what at least a lot of ace people tend to talk about, is that no matter if they're, like, this is a sidebar, but whenever I see people making, like, videos and theories and all these sort of things 
going through all this stuff of, like, feeling like they need to prove that Bucky and Steve were, like, romantic for each other or prove that they were whatever they were, I just feel like it's, like, a almost like a waste of time because anyone who watched the movies knows that they're the most important people in each other's lives, regardless of if that relationship ever took the term of turn of being romantic or not. Like, so, like, going through all of these, um, like, all of these videos or whatever, pointing out, like, the literal plot of all of the movies, like, not even things that people would really, could miss most of the time, um, it's just like, well, yeah, like, duh, nobody watching the Marvel movies and Steve's movies was, like, confused about why Steve cared so much about Bucky or vice versa. Like, it was very obvious that they did and how they acted was according to that. Um, but yeah, so the ever, their whole story was just, like, you know, the war happened and Bucky had to go and Steve was at home. And because of that, Steve, like, let himself be experimented on and became Captain America he had to save Bucky from being tortured, and then they were in war together and being traumatized a lot. Then they got traumatized outrageously, even more separated after it looked like Bucky died. And then it's just all of these things have always like happened and come up that forced them to be separated in some way. Like even stupid Tony fucking Stark, like the stupidest piece of shit ever. If you can't tell that I hate Tony, like you really. If you ever listened to any other episode of this podcast and heard me talk about, like, my dad, you really should not be surprised that I hate Tony Stark as much as I do, <laughs> because he reminds me so much of that. Um, just another dude who had an abusive dad, never dealt with that shit, and then takes out all of his trauma and everyone else around him, makes himself the victim, no matter what the situation is, and is outrageously selfish on top of it. <sighs> that's a whole other subject, but, um, but, like, Tony doing all that he did even separated them, like, Bucky was forced to stay in Wakanda because every government in the world was trying to murder him again, and Steve, and in my mind, the time between, like, Civil War and Infinity War, Steve went back to Wakanda to visit Bucky on a regular basis, like, and that's kind of supported a little bit by Infinity War, because it, even though we saw him go there at the end of Civil War, like, he seemed very comfortable going there, like, he was, like, explaining how things work to Sam, and, um, yeah, it, it just, it makes sense in my head that, like, when, they would be on the run, that there would be times that he would go back and visit and stuff to make sure that he was alright, and because, like, why wouldn't they, especially because they had to lay low, they, there would have been times where they would have had to just kind of not do anything, and that would be, like, a, 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 a perfect thing that he could do, especially since he's the most, like, recognizable person out of their entire group, it makes sense that they would sometimes just kind of go off and separate for a little bit and then come back together to, if for no other reason than to throw people off so they wouldn't be able to find them. But anyway, that huge rant <laughs> was about the fact that 
there's always been like all of these things happening that are bigger than Steve and Bucky that always caused them to be separated in some way. They never just got to like spend just time together and like be allowed to like decide what they want to do just based purely on what they want as opposed to like what how they can react to everything going on around them like Steve definitely he definitely still like you know he always held like his morals and values in high esteem and so he did what he did what he thought was right but like he was forced to make a lot of decisions because of the things that were going on around him and so when I saw Endgame, the one thing that I didn't want was that I didn't want the two of them to be separated again. I didn't want, like, one of them to die and the other one to be alive or something like that. And the, that is exactly what happened in that stupid movie. That's, like, the one of the only times when I've had, like, a worst-case scenario about a movie like that. And it's actually, like, come true. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um... There was some, so basically the person who made that video on TikTok um, very much missed the point of kind of Steve's story. And like I said before, I honestly don't know if they missed the point, if they knew they were missing the point. I honestly think at this point that a lot of the dudes who make kind of media like analysis videos like that can sometimes almost show their... Um, like, their weaknesses without meaning to, and, like, the person that I'm talking about, like, the thing that made me finally unfollow them was, like, months and months and months ago, this was a long time ago, probably close to, like, a year ago at this point, um, they made a video talking about how there's no way that anyone could have figured out when they watched The Winter Soldier that, that um Bucky was the one that killed Tony's parents and I was like I literally figured that out when I was watching the movie and he told me in the comments that I was making it up that I was just acting like I was that I figured it out and I was like why would I make why would I lie about that (laughs) and like I got so many because he has so many followers I got so many replies of people just being jerks there's a couple people that are, that also had my experience, but most of them were people just, like, proving that they didn't understand the movie when they originally watched it. <laughs> um, so I deleted the comment, and then after that, I just, like, unfollowed him, because I was like, that is just, like, stupid, honestly. Like, um, just in case you haven't seen that movie in a while, or whatever... Or for any reason, you just didn't catch on to that scene in the movie. I think this is, like, one of the most... I think the reason why that video, that response to that made me unfollow him, too, is because that's, like, one of my favorite scenes and one of the favorite parts of the entire movie. Like, that's one of the things that made me really like it. So it's, like, it boggles my mind that people watch that movie and didn't get that context. It it's so weird. So, like, basically, um, in Winter Soldier, when Natasha and Steve are in, like, that, they're in, like, the original place where uh, Hydra, where S.H.I.E.L.D. was started, S.H.I.E.L.D. Hydra, same thing, and they're talking to Zola, and they're, like, how could you have, 
there's no way you could have done this where nobody would have stopped you. And he talks about how, like, people would come up that could have done something, but they always found a way to, like, um, shut them down. And they show, like, clips of the Winter Soldier, like, with clearly... we. Steve doesn't know the Winter Soldier is Bucky yet, but he they show clips of, like, what he knows is to be the Winter Soldier, and then a newspaper clipping about the fact that Tony's parents were killed in a car accident. And so it's pretty simple from those two things to put it together that the Winter Soldier killed Tony's parents when Tony's dad was doing something or other we still don't know it doesn't really matter i suppose um of whatever his dad did that like made them need to do that but like that was the implication of that there's no other implication for that part in that scene there's nothing else that could possibly mean other than that and like yes in the movie when steve saw it he did not know that the Winter Soldier was Bucky, but that's, like, this is why I I got so frustrated with this, because I was, like, this is why I loved that movie, is because, like, they do such a good job of kind of showing, of, like, having you go on this emotional journey with Steve, like, you as the audience knows that Bucky is the Winter Soldier, but Steve does not, so, like, when we're watching it, we're feeling all of these emotions of realizing like, all of the things that Bucky had to do that he normally would never have had to do. And we know that Steve and Bucky are going to fight, that Steve's going to find out that Bucky is still alive. And, like, we want him desperately to find that out. But at the same time, we're also like, oh, my God, this is going to be so awful. He's going to be so upset. He's going to, this is going to be really bad. Like, really bad. And knowing that, like, there's absolutely no way on this earth that Tony would ever handle something like that well. So that's going to be bad when that happens. But it's a really well-constructed, like, scene in the movie because Steve finds out that the Winter Soldier killed him before he realizes that it's Bucky. And, like, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie because I love how in the Winter Soldier they set it up where Steve basically knows about all of the worst things that Bucky had to do, like, having to kill Tony's parents is, like, one, is, like, the, the big shocking thing that they used of what he had to do, and so the fact that, that Steve already knows all of the horrific things that he's had to do, when he realizes that the Winter Soldier is his best friend, it's just, it's set up in a really good way because Bucky never has to tell him these things. He never has to tell him that he killed, like, Howard, like, a friend of theirs. He never has to tell him, like, what the torturing things were like, what Hydra did to him when they electrocuted his brain, or they don't, he doesn't have to tell him the other people that he killed because she finds out about it from Zola, and then and then reads his, like, his, um, file at the end of the movie. So, like, he already knows everything that Bucky's had to go through, so there's, he doesn't have to go through the whole process of, like, being scared that if he, if he ever told Steve what he actually did, that he would, like, turn his back on him. I always really, really liked that they set it up that way, 
And I don't mean for this to sound like a flex or whatever, because I honestly am surprised that people didn't, like, realize it. But, like, when I saw The Winter Soldier, I had only seen the first Thor movie. I didn't know anything about the MCU. And I realized the context of that scene. So it really genuinely surprises me that people didn't. And it really surprised me that somebody whose entire job to, like, critique media didn't realize that and thought that it was absurd to think that people would have figured it out just because he didn't so like that's where i'm coming from with this argument is that the person who made that the, these videos they tend to kind of stick with like their arguments and even when people bring up facts that tell them like what they're thinking isn't accurate they they kind of twist things around to find a way for them to still be right instead of admitting that they were just wrong or that they misunderstood. And, like, that video about Steve was very synonymous of that. Like, nobody, nobody anywhere was mad that Steve was retiring. People, we were upset that he disappeared into the past to watch, like, all of the people closest to him become radicalized. (laughs) Like, this is the, I feel like this, I don't, I honestly don't understand why there are people who like the ending. Like, if you think about, like, the fact, if you act like Steve and Peggy never left that room and were just, like, slow dancing to nice 40s music for the next 50 years, I suppose you could find a way to, like, enjoy it. And just not think about anything that happened after that moment. But I can't do that. So it's like... Like... Why would you want... Anyone want Steve to go back to the 50s when we know what happened? Like, this has been talked about so often. But if they would have allowed that where he went back in time to... To be like an alternate reality where he could have like fixed everything that went wrong... That would be something else. That would that would fix a lot of the problems that existed with that with that ending. But they didn't but they said he's not allowed to do that. They especially made that very obvious in the Loki show that if you change even a singular thing, they'll like come and kill you basically. So he can't change that. So like we all know be, because of the Winter Soldier that Hydra was made into shield like that shield hydra was always inside of shield there was like never a time that shield existed where hydra wasn't there and the people who started it was like howard tony's dad and peggy and um what's his name the guy from the guy from the ant-man movies sorry i can't remember his name you know who I mean, though, like, most likely. Um, him is his last name. But, yeah, it was them. And, like, Howard, at least, and Peggy are people that Steve trusted. They were people that he thought were good people. He would never have thought that they would ever willingly work with any Nazi, much less Zola, the Nazi that he thought killed his best friend and that he basically killed himself in order to stop him from hurting anybody. Like, he sacrificed his life. 
He thought he was sacrificing his life when that plane crashed. He did not think he was coming back. He thought he was sacrificing his life of to stop Zola and to stop Hydra. And the thing that is so horrific about the Winter Soldier is to find is the, how he finds out that he died for no reason, that he didn't stop Hydra, that he didn't stop Zola, that the people that he trusted like Peggy and Howard, some of the people that he trusted the most were the ones that let Zola in and was working with him the entire time while he was torturing his best friend who wasn't actually dead. Like, that's that's why The Winter Soldier is so effective and such a good, great movie and still one of the, like, the top movies of Marvel still to this day. Because it, like... It makes you go on this emotional roller coaster with him where he realizes how when he was gone how much people changed and became like radicalized essentially and were just turned into like the worst like terrorists essentially like Hydra was a terrorist organization and Peggy and Howard were working with a fucking Nazi they were the ones that started it they did that behind his back essentially and he never knew and like so why would you want him to go back in time to watch that process happen in front of him with no way of like getting away and no way of changing anything like why would you ever want to do that like why would you ever want anyone to go back in time and watch the people around you that you trusted slowly turn into like basically fucking monsters and like this is one of those things i've done an episode on this already like the fact that people don't like to admit that peggy knew about everything but peggy knew about everything like shield was around for 20 years before she was put in charge of it like she would never have been put in charge at that point if they if she didn't know about everything they were doing because you're not going to put somebody in charge of your terrorist organization who doesn't know that you're a terrorist organization <laughs> who doesn't know that you you have like that the winter soldier exists and like considering that she was alexander pierce's role in the 70s she was in charge of the whole thing she would be the one to decide when they would have used bucky that was her job because it was like it was alexander pierce's job she knew about everything they never would have put her in charge of the entire thing if there was any way where she didn't know. It's like Nick Fury, like, in Winter Soldier, he was not in charge of the entire thing Alexander Pierce was, but because he was so high up, he was starting to figure things out, which is why they tried to kill him. Like, they didn't try to kill her, so clearly she was in on the whole thing. And plus, just, just to go back to the beginning, like... One thing that I feel like people use, and by people, I've seen it usually with dudes, which is interesting. I think because they probably have a crush on Peggy and just want her to be, like, a cute lady and don't like people disparaging her. But, regardless of that fact, um, they, what was I saying? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that, um, that a lot of people say, like, Peggy didn't know it was a secret infiltration and it's like yes 
it was to everyone else except for her and Howard and dude from Ant-Man, whose name I can't remember. They were the ones who started S.H.I.E.L.D. They were the ones that were working with Zola. Like, the scene in Winter Soldier when Natasha and Steve find out about that is in the literal headquarters, the first headquarters of S.H.I.E.L.D., where Steve had his basic training. There's, like, their offices are in there. There's pictures of them on the wall. They definitely knew. Like, they were the ones that were working with Zola. Everyone else around them who worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't know that some of the, a lot of the ideas and things like that of what they were doing, like the sign, the kind of new things they were coming up with and, and things like that, they didn't know that they were coming from Zola, but the three of them did because they were the ones in charge. They were the ones that decided to work with him in the first place. So, like, whether it makes you uncomfortable or not, yes, it was a secret infiltration to everyone else except the people who created the entire thing and decided to work with the dude. Like, yeah, everyone else didn't know that all of their ideas and things like that were coming from a Nazi, but they did because they were the ones that made that entire arrangement happen in the first place. So, like, that has always bothered me about like, how people talk about Steve's ending, um, I don't know why anybody would want him to go through that, like, why would you want him to go back, like, the thing, that's the thing that, like, sucks so much about Steve's ending, and why that ending basically ruined the rest of Endgame for me, because a lot of things that happened in that movie are clearly there to set up that ending and make excuses for that ending, that, oh, there's only one timeline where they beat Thanos, and there's only this is the only way, and you can't, and he, you can't change anything when you go back in time, like, they say that in that movie, even though they change things in every timeline, except for the one Steve went back to, and all these things, um, and it's like, it, that movie also, that movie, that video, video that was made also bothered me, because, um, Thor actually is doing what Steve should have been able to do, like, Thor, also has like no one that's like a point to be made (laughs) like Thor Thor's parents are both dead his brother is dead and seemingly isn't going to be able to see him again which still makes me really angry but it's true as far as what Thor knows he's dead everyone's dead his entire family is dead the planet that he lived on is gone he's been alive for like thousands of years and everyone who did know him or was important to him is dead even the people that were on um you know i forget his name um his friend that died in in ragnarok um or didn't die in ragnarok died in the very beginning of infinity war he's even those even people like that are dead So it's like, it makes sense for him to want to go off and just retire and be by himself because he's been through all this stuff. And like, now that he's not being written by horrible people and not being forced to be like comic relief when he's horribly traumatized, like he was in Endgame, um, he's doing what Steve should have done, which is be given the chance to like recover from everything he's been through and make a decision that was best for him but also do it in a way that 
that like sets the people up who are like continuing on without him in a way that isn't like traumatizing on its own and like so you can't compare the two because like Thor didn't just disappear like Thor didn't just say I'm gonna I I'll be back later and then disappear and never come back he he didn't do that and that's what Steve did like he left and nobody even knew he was going like Bucky figured it out because he's not an idiot but nobody else knew like Sam that the whole plot of Falcon and the Winter Soldier happens because the way that Steve left was so abrupt that Sam didn't even have a chance to figure out if he even wanted to do it, which is why all of that happens. Like, if, like, Steve, like, legitimately, honestly, just to end, like, me ranting about this, because I could rant about this forever, um, that argument was very disingenuous, but it, like, just reminds me of how much, like, some people, the same, it's always dudes for some reason, will, like, bend themselves over backwards to try to justify Steve's ending and be like, oh, he was never happy until he was with Peggy. Anyway, and it's like, none of that is actually shown in the movies. He created an entire family for himself. He was very happy with the people that he knew in the present time. And even if he wasn't, why would he want to go back and watch everyone he knows and loves suffer for, like, decades why would he ever want to do that and why would that be seen as like a reward that was the thing that's so weird about the analogy in the first place is this idea that him going back is like him being able to rest and have this great life but it's like what about that circumstance would be nice and relaxing that sounds horrible like knowing that Bucky's being tortured every day, knowing at some point that Natasha's going to be tortured as well, knowing that Tony is, knowing that Bruce is, knowing, like, watching a fucking Nazi organization that a terrorist group build up in front of his eyes, seeing all of the chaos that they were causing, and knowing that there's absolutely nothing he can do to stop it, like, that like learning about that stuff after it's all over was horrible enough for him he never would have handled well at all being having to watch that happen right in front of his eyes and having no way of dealing with it of no way of stopping it his his entire character is somebody who does what he thinks is right because he like refuses to compromise on what he believes and so, like, he, that's the opposite of who he is. That's why none of that makes any sense. He, If he actually went back in time, he would have blown everything up. He would have fucked everything up and created a whole new, like, timeline. The only way I can imagine this happening, like, is that he did that. That he, there's, like, millions, billions versions of him in the world of, like, Loki, you know, in the t- with the T T D A, I think they called them. Um, but yeah, like, there would be millions of him on some island somewhere, because he would have not been able to sit back and watch all of that happening, and not try to do anything, but that's what they tell you he did, which is why the ending is horrible, not because he's retiring. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, God. Um, 
Yeah, that's just weird. It's weird. Like, that's why that ending is so terrible. The thing I was going to say earlier was that when I watched Endgame the first time, um, the only time, what am I saying? I watched it, like, twice opening weekend, and that was it. But, um, the planet that Thanos is on, the first, when, when it's, like, two weeks after everything happened, and Carol shows up, and they go to, like, fight him on that planet, thinking that they could, like, fix everything, and then he's, like, nope, too late, I broke the thing, I'm dying now, bye, um, or, you know, his hand is all fucked up, and they realize that there's no way for them to fix this, and then they flash forward to, like, five years later, um, that, that planet that Thanos was on, that's where I thought that, like, Steve and stuff would go, to retire. Like, I thought that Steve and Bucky, if they were both alive at the end of the movie, and any other Avengers who wanted to retire, was going to go to that planet to retire. Like, I thought that that's why they were introducing that planet in the very beginning of the movie and showing Thanos at that place. I thought that when they figured out the whole time travel, like, when they brought up the whole idea of time travel and stuff, I thought that they would just go back to, like, right after the everything happened because like I remember from what I remember about the movie is that like two weeks after everything happened they figured out that Thanos was on that planet because he did the thing to like ruin the the gauntlet and that made them and that like power made them figure out where he was but that didn't happen until he was there for like two weeks so like when they started talking about that stuff, I assumed that they were going to at least go back to, like, when he was on that planet, and everyone had only been gone for, like, a couple hours, and fight, and, like, fight him again with, like, more people, and just, and more to the fact is they didn't even need more people, they just needed to be, like, they just needed to do it before he ruined the gauntlet so I just figured that they were once they figured that out they were going to go back in that in that two-week time you know they could show up an hour after he got there fight him the same way get the gauntlet from him and do the snap and fix everything and and then and then the rest of the movie could have been them like you know actually taking care of him like killing him for good killing him and his army and stuff for good that's what I thought they were going to do. That's why I thought they introduced that island, that, not that island, that planet, especially because it was, like, it looked like a really nice, calming paradise. Nobody else was on that place. It was quiet, and the nature and all that was gorgeous. So I just assumed that when the movie was over, that, like, Steve and Bucky and anyone else who wanted to retire could go to that planet to retire. Like, they, like, foreshadowed the fact that Steve and Bucky wanted to retire. Like, they showed them in the prior movie, like, just looking exhausted by the idea of another battle starting that they had to be in the middle of. And them just wanting to, like, be able to relax for the first time since, like, 1941 or something. Um, so it's, like, that made sense in my mind. That was logical. And so when that didn't happen, and that's not at all how it happened, and that, like, that planet was basically just, like, forgotten, um, that is still so confusing to me but like what I'm trying to say is that like the idea of Steve retiring and like the idea of him stopping 
and being able to go somewhere where he could be at peace and like finally you know not have to worry about fighting anyone anymore was absolutely something that everyone thought he was going to do it's just that running away from everyone he knew and disappearing like that in a super like honestly traumatic way like none of them like by the time they realized he was gone he was already like an old man there's no they never got to say goodbye to him or ask him why or what happened or anything and especially on top of that going back in time and watching a terrorist organization take control wouldn't be fun like that's not a relaxing retirement that's what steve actually deserved I'm really glad that Thor seems to be getting that. Like, Taika Rutiti would write that, like, that storyline well. And not be an idiot about it like the Russos were with their writers. But, yeah, like that. It just really bothers me still that it's been, like, two years. Two years? Three years? It's been almost three years. It's basically been three years at this point. It was pretty much this time three years ago when Endgame came out. And, like, it was the end of April from what I remember. Um... So it's like, it's been like three years and still people within like the fandom don't understand Steve. Like they had an an entire storyline in Falcon and the Winter Soldier where the villain of the show was somebody who thought that Steve was someone who would follow the rules and would like do whatever people said. And he was the villain because he was totally wrong. And like the fact that there are people out there that still think that about him that, like, they don't realize how wrong they are about him because they never seem to pay... Like, the only way that works is if you've never wa- really watched any of his solo movies or took them seriously. Like, I honestly don't know how you could watch all of that stuff and then think that going back in time and being with Peggy, but knowing that everyone else he loves is in abject torture um, would be something that he would be okay with. It just it doesn't make any sense. I'm going to stop ranting about this now and switch to the other thing I wanted to rant about. Okay. (laughs) The second part of me ranting is about uh, astrology, Um, which is a very bunch of a left turn from what I was just talking about. But this is just annoying me so very much. So you all get to hear it if anyone bothers to listen to this besides me. (laughs) Um, So I really like astrology. I've mentioned it many, many, many times on here. Um, I like I I pretty I mentioned this in the beginning of the episode I did yesterday that I really like it because it helps me understand myself and it also helps me understand my family. Like, I don't know anyone my parents or my sister's like birth time so I don't know their rising sign but like every other placement I pretty much do know because that stuff it it, the rising sign doesn't change all of them that much um so like I it just helps me understand them and like kind of understand like how um things ended up the way that they did in a new way it helps me understand myself And, like, it also is just a nice tool, especially knowing people's moon sign, which is, like, their, how they express their emotions. Like, looking that stuff up and knowing what moon sign they have 
it's just like an interesting thing for me to know like how they express their emotions which is a good thing like and some of the things that astrology gets right is just so fucking weird that an astrology placement placement could be so right about experiences I had in my life or whatever like one thing that was that I think is honestly hilarious is that um when I first got into it last year I looked up the birth charts for my high school like friends like like one of the friends was someone that I actually started being friends with right after I graduated but you get the idea like that time in my life when I was like 17 18 19 20 those four years was when I had like this the only time in my life by the way that I had like a core group of like six or seven friends that I would hang out with every day when I was home that um even like when I was in high school that I had like this core group of people that I would talk to every day when I was at school like we would hang out every weekend we would do everything together um those years was the only time that really happened for me so far like I've had some of those friends were the ones that I found again when I was in my mid-20s that whose friendship fell apart like two years ago um but you know it's like that age you're so young and you don't have like you know like full-time jobs and stuff that we were able to kind of just do whatever we wanted in a way that even with friend the other group of friends that I had we couldn't do when we were adults because we were adults and we had to like go home early because we had to work the next day or whatever was happening like whatever was going on and even just the basic fact that we didn't all live in like the same town anymore that like some of them like I lived I live where I live and a couple of them lived like in our hometown still which is like 25 minutes away from where I live now so it's like it's just like anyway what I'm trying to say is the friends from that time are ones that are I always feel like a really strong affinity and love for even if all of the friendships almost basically all of them from that time fell apart spectacularly I still love them for that time because that was like one of the only times in my life where I felt like I had these like a core group of people who loved me and liked hanging out with me on a daily basis that got me away from my parents um and let me like actually enjoy myself and have fun for a couple years of my life um but anyway that whole ramble was about the fact that I looked up all of those people birth charts and they all had the same moon sign as me all of them there was like five people and they all have Aries moons and like that's not something that really changes depending on what time you're born like the moon is in the sign that it's in pretty usually whatever time you're born during that day um so like I was just like amazed there was one of them actually now that I think about it there was like five of them one of them was a was a Taurus moon instead of an Aries moon but the rest of them were all Aries moons and I was just like flabbergasted about that and it's just one of those things that like when you have the same moon sign you communicate the same way that can be like a toxic thing which can explain why a lot of those friendships kind of blew up when they how they did um because you kind of can't see like the negative traits that you might have because um 
you're like both being toxic in almost the same way but it also means that you completely understand each other you communicate the same way and you just get each other in that way and so like I really love astrology because of that and I think it's a really great tool for you to learn about yourself and other people um but the thing I wanted to I guess rant about is that I've noticed a lot on on TikTok, social media in general, that a lot of times people use astrology. It's so frustrating to see people who post about astrology or whatever, then say things like, oh, this person is a so-and-so, so we're not going to get along. And it's like, that is the complete opposite of what astrology is. And it also, it just doesn't make sense. Like... <laughs> This all, like, this rant is coming from, I was listening to a podcast called the, it's like the something Virgos, like, if you put in Virgos on Spotify, it'll come up. The reason why I was listening to it is because one of my favorite astrologers on TikTok, who I want to get a reading from at some point, um, if I can get a hundred dollars together to do that, um, she was guesting on their podcast to talk about synastry. And if you're in astrology, you know what that means. But essentially, it's when you compare like your chart, your birth chart with somebody else's chart, and you kind of see like where your different planets and things like that align. And um, knowing that can kind of help you figure out like places where you might have like problems communicating or whatever or you might think or feel differently but like the thing that makes me annoyed about astrology is that people will use synastry as a thing of being like oh well if this person has this sign in this house then that means that there's no way we can ever get along and it's like astrology is not meant to be something that you use to like basically judge other people and keep them like use it as an example to think that somebody is a bad person or whatever or someone that you just don't think you could ever date or whatever like it's just silly it's silly to do that and like the podcast episode of the of the thing that I was listening to it was so infuriating for me to listen to because the astrologer that they were interviewing who I really like um was talking about how synastry is not something that Like, just because somebody has a planet, has, like, a sign in a certain house or a certain planet or whatever, doesn't mean anything about if they would, if, like, you wouldn't get along with them or not. Because every person with that sign is incredibly different. Every sign has kind of, like, positive and negative traits or evolved and unevolved, if you want to, like, go from it on that end. Because astrology is very hand-in-hand with, like, the idea of working through trauma and therapy and things like that um but like that's so she was she would talk about all of that and then the host would be like I am a Virgo so I just don't think I am ever going to get along with a Gemini and it's like did you listen to anything the host the person that you brought onto this podcast has been spending the last like hour trying to tell you no you haven't because you just said that and it's really fucking annoying that you guys have a podcast about astrology, but you aren't understanding this incredibly basic part of astrology. Like, part of this rant of mine is 
I fucking hate the CoStar app. It's awful. Like, if you use the CoStar app, don't. Because, like, the amount of times I see people, like, astrology, astrologers, get the question of, like, oh, this house is empty. What does that mean? Or I don't have that house. And that's, I know that's because of CoStar. Like, I used it, too, for a little bit until I um, started seeing astrology content. And they were like, no, that's not what an actual birth chart looks like. And it's not. Like, an actual birth chart is a circle. And... Like, there's houses that go from 1 to 12, and then depending on when you were born, the first house is your rising sign, and then that goes along, and then whatever planets you have end up in the different houses, depending on where they were when you were born. Um, but, like, there's no empty houses. Like, there is none. Even if you don't have any planets in that house, you still have that house. Just because there aren't planets in there doesn't mean that it's not that it's just like deleted from your chart but like co-star makes people think that because they don't include the houses like they don't like their charts make me like want to gag honestly because they don't they're so ugly and they like don't put they don't tell you like what you actually need to know like they don't tell you like what what sign you have in these houses because you don't they don't even tell you on their chart what like the houses that you have that don't have planets in them like that is so it's so counterintuitive like astrology is a really complicated thing like I've been into it for like a year and there's still a lot that I don't really know or understand that I am always learning about um but like looking at a chart that's not even a full chart that's not even a picture of how everything connects isn't going to help you in any way, shape, or form. But the main thing that I'm ranting about at this point is I hate when people say, like, oh, this person is this sign, so I don't like them. Or I had an ex that was this, so I just don't like people who are that sign. And it's like, I fucking guarantee you that whatever sign that is, you probably have placements of, of that sign in your chart, which is probably part of the reason why you don't like it. Because there's parts of yourself that you probably don't like. And, like, I say that as somebody, my, so I have an Aries moon. And I love the fact that I have an Aries moon now. Um, I, a year ago, I did not feel that way. I hated that I had an Aries moon. And the reason why I hated that is because my dad is an Aries son and has five other placements in Aries which explains a lot about how my dad was. He was very much like a un, in, what is it called? Like unevolved version of Aries. He never dealt with anything that he was feeling. So he was just like all emotion all the time, no control. Um, like the worst kind of, um, traits of that sign, like amplified times a million. And because I associated Aries with my dad, I didn't want to have that as, a, as like, my moon sign. And I hated that it was. And especially was hard because um, when I first joined TikTok, I would, and I was, like, finding astrologers that I liked and enjoyed that didn't engage in, like, any of the toxic side of astrology that makes people just, like, afraid all the time and, and like, banks on keeping people afraid because it gives them a lot of views and stuff 
a lot there'd be these videos going around that are still made but I just don't really see them anymore because I don't like that sort of stuff about like here are like the worst moon signs you can have here are like things like that like like if you have this then you're a bad person it's that sort of thing and every single one of those videos that would be like you know there's like this trend when I joined last year that was like people making videos talking about placements that they don't like and every single one of those videos that I saw said Aries moon and I legitimately sat there and cried I cried because I was like I already feel like I'm a bad person because of all of the trauma that I've been through that's already in the back of my mind I already don't like the fact that I share my moon sign which is a big sign for me um with my dad and and like I'm afraid that I'm going to be like explosive and angry like he was and on top of that I'm constantly seeing videos of people saying they don't like my that sign for the same kind of reasons and it like it gets in your head and it tells you it makes you feel horrible about yourself when astrology is supposed to be a way for you to learn about yourself it's supposed to be a great tool along with like therapy and stuff that can help you learn about who you are and like what you need in order to feel safe and happy like it's honestly a great way to kind of learn start the whole healing process and start the whole therapy process before if you can't afford to go to therapy because that stuff is still like there's still things going on in astrology there's still things you can work on and learn and astrology is a, a different way for you to learn that but like you can still do that and it's it's just that's what it's supposed to be and and it's so annoying because like the thing that people say the thing that's so annoying is when people are like oh I hate Aries, I hate Pisces, I hate this, I hate that. Um, everyone has every sign in their chart. Every single fucking sign. Like, even if you have a sign and it's not, there's no planets in that house, there's still a sign that is in charge of the house that that thing is in. No matter what you do and what you say, that sign that you hate is in your chart and affects you on a day-to-day -day basis. So maybe instead of hating it like needlessly you should get to know about it and what it means so that you stop like hating something and be just because you met someone with that sign at one point in your life like it's it's so frustrating because like people say for instance like since I'm talking about Aries um I guess one thing I will explain is that um with Aries, why I said it's like my moon sign is a big sign for me is that I am a cancer rising. And so part of the one thing with astrology that is a good like starting point when you first look at your birth chart, because looking at it when you don't know anything is super overwhelming that like can help you kind of start to figure things out is that like there's something called a chart ruler, which is basically like a planet, a placement that you have that like how you express yourself throughout your life is kind of expressed by the energy of whatever placement that is and so it's based on what your rising sign is so like every sign has like a planet that is like its ruler and like depending on what your rising sign is whatever planet it's ruled by whatever that is in your chart is your is your chart ruler so like for instance 
Um, if you were a Leo rising, Leo's Leo is ruled by the sun. So whatever your sun sign was would be the thing of how you express yourself throughout your life. For me, I'm a Cancer rising. Cancer is ruled by the moon. So my moon sign is how I express myself and like the energy that kind of is how I go through my life. So my Aries moon is really important for me because, and it does make sense. When I look at like my life and how things have gone, like Aries is very like, we're very passionate. People tend to think we're angry, but most of the time it's more like passion. When we're not like healing anything, we can just be angry and explosive and out of control and emotional and hard to handle. But like when we're not, we're just super passionate and care a lot about things. We tend to be very honest and just tell people how it is. We don't like, we hate authority. We don't really see the point of like spending time acting like we're somebody that we're not. We, it's just like, this is who we are. Take it as it is. We don't tend to hold like long-term grudges necessarily. Um, and like people think that we don't care, but we do. We care a lot. We have so much we have a lot of emotions and feelings, which is why we cry a lot. Um, it's, it's easy to just look at us and think that we're just angry all the time, but that's just like a lot of emotion and that that's like where that emotion comes from. Um, and so that's, that makes sense for me of how I express myself through that because that's a lot of what my life has been like and how I've dealt with it. Like I've been very, uh, for lack of a better word for like been very tough and have like been very blunt people have always one thing about Aries that people say is that we're like natural leaders or people think that we're trying to lead every like almost every job I've ever had there's been some manager that doesn't like me because they think I'm trying to take my job their their job I'm not but they think that I am and I don't even know what about me makes them think that besides that that like people think look at us as a natural born leader I guess and like, I'm not trying to lead anybody. I'm just trying to do my job and make things easy as possible for everyone I work with. And it just keeps fucking happening. And it always is really annoying, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but, like, what I'm trying to say here is that I have an Aquarius sun, right? Okay. My chart with my Aquarius sun is completely different. Like, completely different from then another person you will meet with an Aquarius sun like every placement would be different usually a lot of placements would be different or like your rising sign would be different which makes like the plant the houses that those planets are in completely different so like saying that like you don't like any Aquariuses because you had a friend that had that sun sign one day and they didn't and they weren't nice to you it's like okay but like what what placements did that person have and like what why didn't they why didn't you like them why didn't you get along like it's one of the most frustrating things about astrology is that people are almost using it as a way to figure out how to date which is a thing that always bothers me as someone who's very ace that people always find new ways to just like fixate completely on like romance all the time and it, that's like, exhausting for me but, like, generally, generally, 
this it's really frustrating to see people focus so much on like synastry and to be like oh well this person has this venus placement and this mars placement or this moon placement so if we dated we probably wouldn't work out and it's like no you're supposed like if you're going to look at someone's birth chart like that and compare it to your own you can look at that stuff to see how that person works like how they like the things that may that you might misunderstand about each other that things that won't be easy for you to understand about the other person so that you can anticipate those needs and spend time like doing that like the reason why I like knowing people's moon signs is because then I know how they express themselves and so then I can understand how they like to do that how they like to express themselves so like like it's it's kind of almost like the whole love language thing like it the the love language quiz was made by someone who didn't really know what she was doing but that really doesn't matter to me like the quiz in and of itself is a way for people to figure out like what needs they need met and what makes them feel loved and taken care of as opposed to feeling like abandoned or ignored and like astrology like knowing people's like moon sign venus sign things like that is just another way of knowing that like you can figure out that if like i have a pisces venus like my depending on where that sign is like what house that is in my chart and the qualification like the qualities of that sign you can look up and see like the things that i would want in like any sort of relationship whether it's friendship or whether it's romantic like it that look knowing that will tell you how like what would make me happy and what wouldn't that's like what i what astrology is meant to be is just a way for everyone to understand each other better and to understand themselves better not as a way to like use as a as a way to like not want to talk to someone because, like, the idea that, like, someone would meet someone they really like and then they get, and then they find out their birth time and they look up their birth chart and because of one stupid placement on their birth chart, they just decide to not even bother trying to date them. That's just not how any of this is supposed to go and it just seems like a huge waste. Like, just because somebody has that certain placement doesn't even necessarily mean that they're going to struggle with certain issues. They may have worked through those things by the time that you meet them and if you stop seeing them based on that you don't even know like you won't even know that you'll just be assuming because of that and it's just I really hate that people use it that way I really and the other thing with astrology that always bothers me too that I don't know how astrologers can really figure this out but they're gonna have to is the fact that it's very like gendered a lot of the time like there's so many even though some of those videos make me laugh about like Pisces Pisces men versus Pisces women and things like that like they'll talk about like how somebody can be with a sign depending on their gender but it's like okay but like what about the people that aren't men or women like I'm gender fluid like none of that applies to me and it also is like an extremely like gender binary super biased sort of way to look at things like people like the gender expressions we have are growing and changing so astrology is going to have to become something different than what it's been 
or what it's kind of like turned into in like the western world um but it's just frustrating to see people talk about like oh pisces men are horrible because of this this and this but pisces women are great and it's like how do you know that <laughs> like that's it's kind of like missing the point and it's like okay every time I see one of those videos, I'm just, like, watching it, and I'm, like, none of this applies to me, because I don't feel like either or, I don't like the fact that I have to, I don't want to choose between the two, that's the whole thing about being gender fluid, is that I feel like I'm, my gender expression is a mix of the two all the time, like, always a mix of the two, (laughs) there's, there's, it's not, like, something I can separate, like, I know that I don't know if this is how it is for everyone. Like, I've read fan fictions before, just how I've only ever really seen gender fluidity stuff in, like, media yet. Besides Rick Riordan, he put a gender fluid character in one of his books. Um, but even even if I want to take the character from the Magnus Chase book that I'm talking about that Rick Riordan wrote as one of his main characters, every day that person would decide whether they would show up as, like, male or female. And they would kind of switch back and forth. Um, That's not how it is for me at all. It's always a mix of the two. It's never one or the other. It's both. All the time. And like that's what makes me really happy. Is mixing those two things at the same time. So like when people in astrology make videos talking about like. Oh Aquarius women are like this. Or Aquarius men are like that. And it's like. I'm not either of those things. So I can't take any of this advice. So thanks yeah it's just frustrating um so seriously seriously I'm gonna end this rant now but if you're someone who says that sort of stuff like oh all Geminis are two-faced oh all this is that don't don't just I understand having a bias towards a sign because you associate it with someone you don't like like what I said I hated that I had an Aries moon my mom has six Leo placements I don't have any planets in Leo but my, I do obviously have a house that's in Leo, and just because she has Leo placements, I, like, definitely worked through in the last year or so the idea, like, I know irrationally in my mind that just because she has those placements doesn't mean that everyone is like her. She's kind of, like, the worst side of that, of those placements, like, my dad is the worst sign of Aries, and, like, the two friends that I've made online, they both have Leo placements, one is a Leo sun, one is a Leo moon, and I get along with them really well, and they are nothing like my mother, they could not be less like her if they tried, so it's like, if I would have just told myself that anyone with a Leo placement is a bad person, I wouldn't have been friends with either of those people, and one of the, one of those people is the one that gave me a part-time job that's really helped, like, really helped me the last, like, couple months, and is, like, the thing that I focus on that gives me hope that one day I'll work at a job that I actually enjoy when I, like, get stuck feeling like I'm never going anywhere doing anything in life, um, like, that wouldn't have happened if I, if I thought that because she had a Leo moon that we could never get along because my mom has a Leo moon and a Leo sun and four other placements in Leo, (laughs) um, but you get it, like, I can understand and be aware that I have, like, biases towards that placement because of my mom, but I can also recognize how my mom is the worst part of that, but, like, they are, like, the good side of that, and, like, if I just, it's just dumb, like, don't cut off, like, people in your life 
that could be great friends like those people for me or or like a good um, romantic partner or a good anything like cutting people out because they have like a certain sun or moon sign or whatever sign that you think you don't like it's just going to like lower the amount of people that you're willing to talk to and it's just going to isolate like you more and make it harder for you to find people that you really get along with like you can use astrology as a way to understand the people around you and like looking that stuff up and knowing maybe what issues you may have so that you can work on solving them like that's a great idea but to use it as a way to just like hate on people just I really don't like it and it honestly drives me bonkers seeing people who say that they're like making podcasts or having like YouTube channels or whatever about astrology and saying that stuff it's just it's like erasing every other thing you ever said (laughs) that on your channel that was helpful so don't do that don't be like that look up your birth chart start googling all of the things that um that will tell you that will help you understand things about yourself and make you feel really validated um but don't use it to like judge other people use it to understand which is the way it was meant to be